0: Good morning. It's June 2nd, and welcome to Doing Life, Daily Devotions for Finding Peace in Stressful Times. This is the audible companion to the book of the same name. Today's title is WWJD. Ask in all cases, what would Jesus do? That unties the knot of all moral difficulty in the most practical way, and does it so simply that no great wit or wisdom will be needed. Charles Spurgeon 1891. Anyone born before about 1980 will recall the What Would Jesus Do movement of the early 1990s. Specifically, you might remember that literally millions of young people wore wristbands engraved with the acronym WWJD. If you want to know what to do in any circumstance, imagine Jesus in your position and then ask yourself what would your Savior do? The next step is easy. Do it. People laboring under the illusion that this approach was an invention of the late 20th century might be humbled to know that Charles Spurgeon, the renowned Baptist orator and author of late 19th century London, quoted the phrase in a sermon he gave in 1891. It came from the book Imitatio Christi by Thomas Kempis, written in 1418. The movement seemed to have lost steam in the early 2000s, perhaps because of the evangelical emphasis on faith over works. A shame, in my opinion. What would Jesus do is more needed conceptually in today's world than perhaps ever before. The Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. expressed his dream for America in 1963, first lamenting that 100 years after the end of slavery, after the presumed end of their long night of captivity, The black man is still, quote, crippled by the manacles of segregation and the change of discrimination, living on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast sea of prosperity, unquote. Reconstruction, a century of Jim Crow laws, prejudicial exclusion from voting and representative government, institutionalized discrimination in housing, education, job opportunities, and disproportionate mass incarceration have left us with the legacy of a society unequal in almost every way despite a constitutional promise that we as a republic would never tolerate such a society. In Acts 15, the Jerusalem Council took steps to put an end to Christian prejudice at the get-go. When Jewish Christians insisted that Gentiles would have to be circumcised like them in order to, quote, join, unquote, the way, the leaders of the fledgling church, like James and Peter and Paul, made it abundantly clear that this was not what Jesus would do, and thus was unacceptable. We as a people of faith, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, are called to love God and love each other. There is no definition of who each other means and who our neighbor is, other than that offered by Christ, when making crystal clear in the parable of the Good Samaritan that the one who is least like you is your neighbor and deserving of your love and respect. Luke 10:25 through 19 At this writing, yet another unarmed black man has been killed in a horrific manner by a person in the position of authority held by our police in a seemingly endless stream of similar injustices. While protests erupt across America, streamed on every media platform, America's premier reality entertainment show, America's Got Talent, was showcasing a black man who was unjustly convicted, imprisoned in Louisiana for 37 years, 20 of which were in solitary confinement, until released last year on DNA evidence. The evidence of his innocence was overwhelming at the time of his trial, but in the Deep South, a white jury dealing with the rape of a white woman wasn't interested in exculpatory facts. We are shocked and horrified at his story, and yet our society has kept true freedom out of the hands of an entire race of our citizens for eight generations. As long as a black man walking in a white neighborhood leads to suspicion as the initial reaction, we should be just as shocked and horrified as we are at each finding of the Innocence Project. What would Jesus do? Jesus was not a political activist. Those who thought he would lead a revolt against the Roman occupation were sorely disappointed. Would he march in a protest? Maybe, maybe not. But he surely wouldn't condone the violence and looting of a mob either. No, Jesus would sit anyone down who would listen and teach them what it means to love. He would probably do it with a story. But the moral of that story would be that every one of us that loves what America stands for and loves what our Savior died for would find something to do to help. The parable would begin with a man who was so sure of his own righteousness that he was blind to the prejudice within himself that had become automatic, completely unrecognized and unacknowledged. Next, it would have that man becoming more aware in conversation, listening better to others, and doing so while gradually recognizing the unsuspected prejudices in his own perspectives. After listening, he would seek to teach his children and grandchildren all of America's history—the good, the bad, and the ugly. The man would start to recognize the inequalities all around him and draw his friends into community efforts to ensure equal job and educational opportunities, training those with all backgrounds for jobs of the future. Becoming more active in his community and government, The man could use the ballot box to pick government officials who would seek to eliminate police who demonstrate their race hatred and our poor judgment, officials who would concentrate efforts on transforming poor neighborhoods by providing green spaces, sidewalks, public safety measures, and decent housing. This is the tiniest of starts in what would undoubtedly be a long parable indeed. Christians have put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all, Colossians three ten through 11. Our Savior is truly colorblind, and as we conform ourselves to him, we must be as well. Our pastor always used to say, quote, when you see a therefore, be sure and note what it's there for, unquote. Verse 12 states, therefore, as God's chosen people, Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. What would Jesus do? Pretty sure he would do that. Now is the time to make real the promise of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice— Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksand of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must never allow our creative protest to generate into physical violence. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. 1963. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us despite our constant failure to emulate your Son. Knowing that we are saved by grace through faith in your Son in no way means that our actions need not reflect his teachings. James was right indeed. Faith without works is not genuine. Let your Holy Spirit move mightily within each of us to speak out against injustice when we see it. Engage others in conversation. Enlarge our circle of friends to include those who don't look or sound like us and to wake every morning with heightened awareness for opportunities to demonstrate your unfailing love. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.